Hello, you are so welcome to this first episode of the Brave in the Wild Send Help podcast. I'm really excited to be launching this podcast because as a special needs mom myself, I found that the there was something missing in the support that was available out there. I found that everything was either support around benefits or getting into work or on the other side of the scale there was lots of information, lots of blogs and lots of podcasts from women who in my opinion seemed to be very wealthy, they were employing nannies and things that were very much out of reach for me. I couldn't find any help or any support out there for working mums, mums who were already in work, who maybe had professional roles and didn't want to walk away from that or were finding that they had to reduce their hours, work part-time and obviously that had a financial implication. So I decided to create the in-between and here we have Brave in the Wild send help. In this first episode, I really just want to introduce myself, um, tell you why I am sitting here talking to you today, tell you a little bit more about what I want this podcast to be and how I see it helping you. And then I want to give you the five key things that I have learned since being a mum of a child with a very complex condition and a child with another neurodiverse condition. So firstly, for those that don't know me, my name is Claire O'Hanlon and I go by lots of different titles like I'm guessing you do as well. So I am mum, I have two boys, they are 12 and 10, well 10 on Halloween and Luke, my eldest, has Duchenne muscular dystrophy, autism, dyslexia, dyscalculia, we'll just take all of the labels here. Um, and my youngest son then, he is, uh, we're waiting on his diagnosis for DCD or dyspraxia. So I have that title, I'm mum. I'm also a business advisor for 16 years, I think now. I have been helping people to start up and grow their own businesses. Alongside that, I've also been doing consultancy in leadership and management and communications. I'm also a sister, mother, I'm a fundraiser, I'm a campaigner, I'm a peer support volunteer and all of the labels just start piling up but I think you get the idea. So I do a lot of things and I really love helping people. My personal mantra and if you do know me you will have heard me say this before but my personal mantra is that it sucks when people who can change the world don't. And when I say change the world, I'm not talking about creating world peace or ending world hunger, very noble goals and very noble objectives. But for most people, changing the world is as simple as making someone feel better about themselves. And that's partly why I have started this podcast is that I know how overwhelming it can be to be a working mum of children with additional or complex needs. And so I want to change my little part of the world by helping you to overcome overwhelm, reduce stress, really consider the options available to you, maybe help you to create that financial freedom that you need, that time freedom. I'm, I'm really here. I really want this podcast to be something that you turn to 
when you're feeling isolated or alone or that you just want to hear someone who understands and hear someone who really gets it. So my story is that I had my first child, a little boy, on the 19th of April 2011. He was a big boy, a big nine pound one ounce. <laughs> I was very shocked that he was so big. but um, And he was a little bundle of joy who never slept. I was exhausted. He didn't sleep really at all until he was nine months old. Aside from that, he was just a little dream boy. He was happy and mischievous and, as you know, the centre of your world, of my world, as you know that your kids do be. Um, on the 25th of May 2012, we were in the middle of a heat wave here in Northern Ireland at the time. It was a Friday and I had been in work that morning and I had to go to the GP surgery in the afternoon to get results from blood tests that Luke had, had taken on the Wednesday. Luke was in my mum's house because she was my childminder at the time and I remember walking into the doctor's surgery and you know we'd had lots of conversations about this so I knew what I was coming in for, the doctor knew what I was coming in for and I wasn't even in the door and she just said it's not good news Claire and at that I remember actually literally falling to the floor in floods of tears and most of that was because I had built this I had built a vision of what was going to happen on this day in my head and there was so much emotion in me and I actually think the falling to the floor in tears was all of that emotion coming out. But when she said it's not good news, I knew exactly what she meant. It meant that Luke had Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a progressive and life-limiting muscle-wasting condition. It would mean that Luke would likely be off his feet before his teens that he would eventually lose the ability to move the upper part of his body and he would become essentially paralyzed and that one day I would lose him to either heart failure or lung failure because obviously the heart and lungs are muscles as well. And on top of that, one in four boys, it's mostly boys who have Duchenne, would also have a learning disability like dyslexia, dyscalculia and one in four also have autism. As it turns out, Luke had all of them and I remember leaving the doctor's surgery and driving up to my mum's. I didn't go back into work that day but I drove up to my mum's and she was sitting outside the front of the house and Luke was sitting in his buggy and she was feeding him, as we say in Northern Ireland here, spuds mixed with butter, best meal ever. So he was sitting eating that and he was happy as Larry. He had no idea of the devastation that had just been poured out on us and I remember later that day once Luke went to bed and you know slept for 10 minutes <laughs> I was sitting on the coffee table because everybody sits on the coffee table I was sitting on the coffee table looking out the window and I just thought to myself I can either sit here and be really sad and that can really impact on Luke's life or I can decide to change what having Duchenne will mean for Luke 
and give him the best life possible. And I decided there and then that I would make two promises. And those promises were number one, I would change what having Duchenne would mean for Luke. And number two, that I would give him the best life that I possibly could. And straight away, I started into promise one, which to me at that time meant doing lots and lots of fundraising to fund research. And so we inspired our community to raise over £100,000 for different research charities for Duchenne Muscular Dystrophy. And we did lots of campaign and work to improve care services here in Northern Ireland for Duchenne. I became a peer support volunteer helping others as well because actually as a peer support volunteer, I was also learning and I could apply those learnings to how I raised Luke and gave him the best life ever. And I was doing all of that while also working and I had my mum as my childminder which was the best thing ever because I could always count on her there was always someone there and that enabled me to work and be a mother and be a fundraiser and be a campaigner and do all of these other things. Then I had another son after that in 2013 Cohen who's my little Halloween baby and then fast forward five years, the 13th of December 2018, my mum very sadly passed away just six days after a completely out of the blue, completely shock cancer diagnosis that knocked us for six and turned my world upside down, even more so than diagnosis day. And I think a lot of that might have been as well as the fact that I was devastated to lose my mum, who was my best friend and my entire support system. And I think what I kept thinking also at that time was, oh my goodness, if I can't handle this, how am I ever going to handle it when I lose Luke? And that that caused a lot of stress and a lot of tension for me. And I did actually have a, a mental health crisis at that stage and thankfully got the support that I needed at the time. Um, but for me, it was a big challenge then with work because now I didn't have a childminder. I had no one else to help with the school runs. So, and I couldn't exactly leave the children with a childminder because Luke needed one-to-one -one support. At that same time, Cohen, my youngest, was also displaying very challenging behaviours and I had no idea what was going on with him. And I was very concerned about his mental health even at such a young age there were things that he was saying that just didn't sit very well with me and it's only really I suppose in the last year or so that we've come to realize where all of that has been coming from and as I said he has had his DCD assessment it looks like he has DCD and we're just now waiting on the diagnosis for that the official diagnosis but actually just having that name to give it and that understanding has really helped me to, to work better with him to understand why his behaviour is so challenging that actually it's not his behaviour that's the problem. It's the, it's the physical element of DCD and now I can help him manage that which then helps to manage everything else around it. So... That's kind of where we're at at the minute. So I went self-employed then in October 2019 and that was so that I could have that degree of flexibility 
Now, my employer at the time was very, very supportive. Um, I have to say I couldn't have asked for a more supportive employer, but I always felt like I was taking the piss. Like I was always changing the times that I could work. We were averaging about 12 appointments a week at that stage. Luke was on a clinical trial. We were traveling over to England from Northern Ireland every week. We were getting up at half four every Monday morning to fly over to Newcastle, come back that evening, we, it took us till about Wednesday to get back to normal um, every week. So there were, there were a lot of things going on, a lot of things to manage. And I went self-employed so that I could manage that a little bit better. Has that been an easy choice? Was it the right choice? It certainly wasn't easy. And running your own business, no matter what the these coaches and gurus tell you online it is not easy if you want to have a successful business you do have to put in the work you can't just sit at home for a couple hours a week and that's it there's a lot of work to be done and it has been a journey I have loved the journey and I have learned so much it has definitely been a roller coaster and I think at this stage I couldn't go back to being an employee for someone Mostly because I can't work any of the school holidays with no childcare in place, which makes it kind of hard to hold down a full-time job. So I am still working by myself. Um, my business has changed a lot over the last four years. And more recently, I have had this pivot because I was resisting this for a long time. Running something like this where I support carers or you know working mothers of children with additional needs has been on my mind for a long time and I've always resisted it feeling that I had to separate my caring responsibilities from my professional life and of course that's ridiculous I couldn't do that when I was in my nine to five how could I possibly do it when I was running my own business working from home being with the children more and so it just makes sense that this was the next logical step for me. And I'm delighted to see where it goes. And I really, really do want to impact parents, mothers especially, just like you, so that you can overcome all of that overwhelm. You know, the biggest challenges for me in recent years have been managing grief. Because when your child is diagnosed with a condition, there is a grieving period whether that child has a life-limiting condition or not, there is a grieving period for what you thought was going to be and now is not, okay? And then there are grieving periods with every milestone as well. So with Luke, like recently, I saw an old video on my Facebook memories of Luke pedaling a trike outside his school. Now, Luke has not been able to pedal a trike for a very long time. And even when he could pedal those ones, he didn't go too far, but... There was that grief there as well that that was something that was lost and I know that that grief is going to continue because as I said Luke does have a progressive condition. So you're managing that grief, you're managing the overwhelm, there is so much going on as a working mum. You have work, you have normal motherhood and everything that comes with that and I mean motherhood and working in itself is a challenge. But when you add on multiple appointments where you're maybe having 10, 11, 12 appointments in a month, when you add on the lack of support around working and child and childcare, where childcare is not available, 
you know, there's all of that going on. And I think those have been my kind of biggest challenges. So what have I learned from all of that? Well, there's five things that I want to share with you that I have learned. I have learned a lot more than five things, but I'm not going to keep you here all day. But I hope that maybe you will take something from these five things as well and they'll, they will help you to move forward. So number one is that done is better than perfect. A bit like this podcast. I have no intentions of editing it. I may or may not put music on the start and the end of it, but I have no intentions of editing it. It's a free for all right now. I'm just talking into the mic and whatever comes, comes. Because for me, it's about the impact. Right now, I don't need this podcast to be perfect. I need it to sound, you know, I don't need it to sound perfect. I don't need it to be presented perfect. What I need to be perfect is the message that comes across. And it's the same with everything now in my life. Done is better than perfect. I don't have to spend ages trying to get, you know, the boys looking great as they go out to school. Cohen refuses to wear a coat. So he got soaked this morning going into school. And Luke refuses to tuck in his shirt and won't close the top button of his shirt. So his ties, it's all funny. But he's wearing them. Done is better than perfect. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're trying to get everything perfect, because I think that we put an expectation on ourselves that we have to present ourselves, our children, our work in the way that someone who doesn't have our challenges does. And we don't. Done is better than perfect. The second thing I've learned is that there are no such things as negative emotions. Every emotion serves a purpose and there is so much toxic positivity out there. It's people telling you that you have to be positive all the time. And that's even more infuriating or more frustrating when it's other parents of children with additional needs that are saying that because in my opinion, they're perhaps masking over the what they perceive to be negative emotions. But I believe that there's no such thing as negative emotions. Every emotion serves a purpose. If you are angry, it means that something needs to change. You know, if you are envious or feeling jealous, well, that tells you what you want, whether you admit to wanting it or not. So I suppose it's really looking for what the emotion is. And I have a little acronym that I use. It's AL, so A-L-E, and that's allow, learn, and evolve. So if you are feeling angry, you're feeling sad, Set a time that you're going to allow yourself to feel that way. So it could be five minutes, it could be an hour, it could be a day. I don't really suggest going longer than a day and really allow yourself to feel into that emotion. And then for me, I suppose that's crying. I cry a lot. I am a crier. But for me, I see that as a really positive thing because it's our release of that negative emotion. It's allowing me to express it and to get it out so that negative energy moves on out of me to make way for more useful energy. So allow. The second thing is learn. So what is that emotion telling you? What is it that you need to do as a result of that emotion? So as I said, anger could be telling you that the change needs to happen. So maybe you need to send an email, make a phone call, have a conversation with someone. Okay. So do that thing. That's the evolve part is to do that thing and move on. Okay. <clears throat> and number three, then that I've learned my third learning is don't sweat the small stuff. 
it really doesn't matter we carry so much stuff and we do so many things like if you sat today and wrote out every single thing that you did from you woke up this morning until you go to bed tonight I guarantee you there are tons of things on that list that you did not need to do that you've only done because you feel like you should do it I am giving you permission right now to strike those things off your list from tomorrow. You do not have to do them. Do not sweat the small stuff. Do the essentials. Everything else is just an added bonus. If you get those things done, okay. If not, that's okay too. My fourth learning is when it's not about you, it's not about you. And there's a funny story around this one as well. I remember once we were the charity at an event, it was a business event, event that my work at the time were organizing and my charity the charity that I supported was the charity for the event and I had to speak at the event so there were about 300 people in the room and as I was standing at the side of the stage I was I must have been obviously nervous I did feel nervous and my boss at the time walked past and he said are you okay Claire and I was like yeah I'm just nervous and he said why? It's not about you. <laughs> and I remember at the time, after I got over the initial shock, uh, I remember thinking, do you know what? He's right. This isn't about me. Who cares what anyone thinks when I set foot on that stage or when I open my mouth to talk? Because this is not about me. This is about raising money for a charity. It's about keeping that promise that I made to change what having Shane would mean for Luke. And that's what I focused on. And that has actually also been really useful for me later on whenever it comes to advocating for both of the boys with different things. And an example of that might be recently it had been brought to my attention that perhaps Cohen may or may not have dyslexia. And I didn't know if he did or not because I'm not a teacher, I'm not an educational psychologist, I just don't have enough information. And I wanted to ask the school and my first thought was, they're going to think, here she comes again, asking about something else. And I kind of have an, a feeling that that's what they think of me. And I don't really care. And the reason that I cannot care about that is because it's not about me. So when I reminded myself that it wasn't about me, I was able to send that message and ask for advice. And the fifth thing that I've learned is a well mum equals well kids. And I'm going to go back to the time that my mum passed away as an example of this. So my mum died just before Christmas and a few days after she had died, I had to take Luke over to Newcastle for a two day hospital appointment. And I had brought his brother with me as well. And... I just remember it's probably not it's not one of my happiest memories at that time because I was not in a in a good place and the kids were being kids in the hotel room and they were shouting and making noise and I remember feeling like I was just constantly scolding them and telling them not to do things and I felt really bad about that but I was in a very bad place and that continued probably for several months that perhaps my reactions to behaviours weren't as good as I thought that they should have been. So when I did start to work on myself, 
And the reason that I started to work on myself was one night I was lying in bed with Luke and he said to me, Mummy, I'm really sad that Granny died, but I just don't know what I would do if you ever died. And that really awakened my soul to my behaviours and how I wasn't looking after myself and my mental well-being. And that's when I decided to create a change then and I started to look after me. So I asked for help and then I I don't know how many books and courses I've done around mindset and then I trained to become a mindset coach myself. And since doing that, it has opened up a whole new world for me. Like even things like our mornings, getting ready to get out in the morning. I even said to the boys recently how our mornings seem so calm these days. Even when we're late, they're still calm. Whereas even so much as, you know, three, four years ago, I would have been running around in the morning like a headless chicken. I would have been snapping at the boys and, you know, everyone would have been going out in, in bad form then because I wasn't able to handle the emotion of being late. So well mum definitely equals well child. So it is so essential to look after yourself and to look after your own well-being. And that is what I hope that you are going to get from this podcast moving forward. I have some guests up my sleeve as well that I know are just going to be transformative for all of you. And I'm really excited to share it all with you. So as I said, this episode was really just an introduction to me and to the podcast and I can't wait to share more with you and give you lots of tips, tools and strategies for making work work for you as a mum of a child with additional or complex needs. And I am always here if anyone wants to reach out to me. My email address is Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, at claireohanlincoaching.com and aside from that you can follow the podcast social media braving the wild send help and i will see you in the next episode bye